to Commitment to Truth, the outreach ministry of Commitment Community Church, a place for all nations. To learn more about Commitment, please visit our website, www.commitmentchurch.org. Like us on Facebook and download our mobile app. Now, let's enjoy today's message. All right, let's pray. All right, God, thank you so much for this awesome opportunity to be in your presence and to worship you, to uh, know you better, and I pray, God, that you will now help me to help your people. Help me, God, to say only what you have assigned for me to say. And God, I pray as well for those who are watching online that you will uh, touch their hearts in some tangible way, that you will uh, speak to them, Lord, that they may be able to know also their responsibility as it relates to improving their serve. So, God, help us, Lord, to be servants of the Most High God that that 100% of the people can do 100% of the work of the church and that it won't be 10 or 20 or 30 or 40 or 50 or even 90% of the people. It'll be 100% of the people doing their assigned work 100% of the time. So moving your people's hearts, God, as we continue to migrate through this series, we pray in the matchless name of Jesus Christ. We all set? All right. So if you can open your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 6. I want to begin reading verses 9 through 12 to set our, our stage and our context. It says uh, in Hebrews chapter 6, verse uh, 9 through 12, But, beloved, we are convinced of better things concerning you and things that accompany salvation, though we are speaking in this way. For God is not unjust so as to forgive your work forget your work and the love which you have shown towards his name in having ministered and and in still ministering to the saints and we desire that each one of you show the same diligence so as to realize the full assurance of hope until the end so that you will not be sluggish but imitators of those who through faith and patience inherit the promises there's there's a simple foundation i want to lay for you as we continue our series i've entitled for you improving your serve in these verses especially verses 9 and 10 you find about three foundational truths that will be our springboard into this part actually this part four and part five next week of this series and here's the three points you find verse nine it says there are better things concerning you Verse 9 also says, these things that accompany salvation. Verse, t- verse 10 says, they are the works, I summarize, at works and love we show by ministering to others in his name. This is what I want you to grab a hold to today, is, and it is this. Many times we come to know Jesus Christ as our personal Lord and Savior. We get excited about him, we're zealous about him, and then it ends there. We get fired up about him. Listen, we are changed by him, transformed by him, and then it somehow ends there. Listen, we even come to church. Some every single week, once a month, twice a month, twice a year, whatever it may be, because we have been touched by Jesus Christ and his finished work, but it ends there. But here you see, nestled within these, these two verses, there are better things concerning you. 
things that accompany salvation. You hear that? Better things for you, things that accompany salvation. In other words, it's not merely be saved, but there's things that accompany salvation, and they are works and love. We cannot say that we love God and hate our brother because the love of God is really not in us. But we cannot say we love God and do not work for God either. We cannot say, I love God with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength, and we sit on the bench and do nothing. It's impossible. It's kind of like this. You get married as a man, and you, you sit, and you, your waist size starts growing because <laughs> she's serving you, and um, you do nothing. You see, in our minds as guys, we go out, we're working hard, we're making the money, we come home, then we can chill. But our wife says, you're doing what? Nothing. And the same thing really happens, I believe, when one puts their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. We come to know Christ, we, we just start sitting and soaking, and we just get fat, if you would, in him. We're learning, we're growing, we have all this supernatural information, but yet we're still on the bench. Letting everybody else do the work. Or we enjoy the work of everyone else. But here you see that there's love that's non-negotiable that accompanies salvation. And there's works that is non-negotiable that accompanies salvation. And let me say this to you. The beautiful thing about loving is that we love because what? He first loved us, the scripture says, right? And man, love is so reciprocal. When you start giving love away, before you know it, you, you start being loved by people that you thought could never love you or you love them. It's just the strange things that God does. But then also what begins to happen is when you start working for God, something starts happening reciprocally to you. There are benefits, and that's what I want to focus on today. There are benefits for you to start working for God. And, and I must tell you today, they're not necessarily benefits that maybe you think they are. In other words, okay, I start working for God, and, and, and then he starts giving me more money. To me, that's the shallow things of God. You know, money doesn't move God like that. Right? But there are some reciprocal blessings that await you and I believe elude so many followers of Jesus Christ because they choose not to work or they choose to work when they want to work or they choose when they feel like working or they choose when it's easy to work or they choose when everybody gets along with whom they're working with but that's just not reality There's five ways serving benefits us, and I would like to give you the first three today. The first is this, and, and I will give you give them the, the, the all, all five to you right now, and then we're going to focus on one, two, and three, okay? The first is this, serving matures us. Number two, serving keeps building us. Serving protects us. 
Serving keeps us useful. And lastly, serving makes examples of us. So let's look at the first three today again. Uh, we're in Hebrews chapter 6. Now let's back up to verse 1 find and define clearly how serving matures us. It says, therefore, leaving the elemental teachings about the Christ, let us press on to maturity. Leaving the elemental things about Christ and let's press on to maturity. It's interesting that Jesus says that we should come to him as children. But it's, it's, it's really special. There's a special thing about children. And, and it's this, I think. is children come, and they come with open arms, open hearts, open minds, but they are always doing what? Growing. They're willing to make mistakes and fumble and bumble and stumble over themselves. But one thing is for sure, they're open, their minds are open, their hearts are open, and they are always maturing and always growing. But many Christians become, in their mind, in their mind, okay, I'm there, and I'm good. Then they stop growing. But here the promise is, as we serve, again, remember the context. I read verse 9, 10, 11, 12 for you. Then we're backing up, really, to kind of understand why the author is saying 9, 10, 11, and 12. And the first reason why he's saying that there's some things that should accompany salvation and, and how God it would never forget your work, he says. He won't forget your work. And in not forgetting your work, the beautiful thing about when we are working for God, you're going to mature. You just won't be able to stay the same. You won't. Ask anyone who's ever served with a pure heart that you will not remain the same. Let's dig deeper. The words elementary, word elementary things mean this, the beginning, the extremity of a thing. When I read this, this is what I thought of. When a Christian is immature, they're very extreme. You know what I'm talking about? Well, you can't watch any movies. Right? Just totally extreme. You can't go anywhere. Have any, don't even smile. Don't even cry. Don't even, right, say you have no faith at all because... Without faith, it's impossible to please God. So if you say you don't have faith in something, or you show a chink in your armor, something's wrong with you. We go to these radical extremes. Right? You know, listen, don't hang around any sinners because they're going to corrupt you. And how, how, how will they know unless one is sent? Now, there's a balance in that, and there's wisdom in that, Right? But maturity says, no, no, no. You avoid the elementary things. Listen, you avoid, listen, debating about stuff that means nothing to God. And that's what immaturity does. That's what elementary thinking does. Is you, You're so focused on the ABCs, but you're forgetting how to add and subtract.
Maturity means it's moral and spiritual perfection. This word perfection is only uh, mentioned there in this particular verse 1 in Hebrews 6. But it also uh, has a a synonym attachment to Colossians chapter 3 verse 14, which means this. Beyond all these things, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. And it's so interesting, when one begins to mature, love begins to be a primary agent of everything. And you know what it does? Instead of me focusing on that elementary thing that divides us, I begin to focus on things that what? Unite us. Now, if you disagree about the cross of Christ and the finished work of Jesus Christ, there's nothing elementary about that. If you're painting your fingernails and you're coloring your hair and you're wearing pants or not pants and all these elementary things, well, there's going to be a lack of maturity that happens. But what inevitably happens when multiple people begin to serve, you run into how immature you really are. Well, they said that to me that way. And they're a leader and a Christian. Well, I can't believe it. They're not on time. Well, how could they be a leader of a ministry and, and they're not on time? Elementary stuff. But what God would do is help you work all of that garbage out of you that you won't be so extreme. And then love is sprinkled in there that gives each other tolerance. And then you're able to work together, serve together, continue to grow together in a way God has so designed for you. Listen, serving helps us love. If you have a a problem and a struggle loving, probably chances are is you have a problem serving. serving others, especially those you don't know, especially those you don't get along with, you don't see it eye eye to eye with. You struggle with loving, chances are you struggle with serving because you cannot serve out of the the purity of heart unless you love. And you can't love and not serve. It's impossible. People don't serve people they don't love. You wake up one day, you don't like your husband, you're not going to serve him. Trust me. Your children grow up and start acting strange, you're not going to serve them like you used to. Just a matter of fact. But the love of Jesus Christ, that perfect bond of unity, helps you serve even when you don't feel like serving. And then it somehow triggers this level of maturity that's, in, that's almost like sitting dormant in your hearts unless you have those confrontations of servitude. Thus, many people avoid it. Thus, many people stay in an elementary state. Serving not only matures us, serving 
keeps building us. Look, continue to read in verse 1, and we're going to read through verse 3. It says, not laying again, key word, again, a foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith towards God, of instructions about washing and laying on the hands uh, and the resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment. And this we do if God permits. So in other words, it's saying, listen, there are some elementary things about the faith that, you know, you got to grow up and, and you, you can't keep dwelling on those elementary things. If you're still piddling around with elementary things, again, you're not growing. You should be building upon the elementary principles, right? It's kind of like mathematics, right? Even though I hate math, at the end of the day, listen, you have to first learn how to add and subtract. You don't know how to add and subtract. You're not doing any other type of math. But you don't dwell on adding and subtracting. You continue to add principles, you follow me, upon the adding and subtraction and knowing that adding and subtraction is inevitable in any mathematical equation. In other words, the gospel of Jesus Christ and the finished work of Jesus Christ is inevitable in any area of our faith. You cannot extract adding and subtracting, if you would, to be able to come up with a solution to your problem. Christ can never be removed. It's elementary, my friend, that Christ should not be removed. And that's a huge problem in the church today. Still debating over, is Christ essential? Is Christ not essential? Absolutely. Listen, you cannot be a church without Christ. Nor can you be of the church or the church without Christ. But the responsibility is to do what? Build upon him. Build upon these principles. And that's why it says not laying again a foundation. Where lay means laying down a foundation. The word again means repetition of this action. Just repeating the action over and over and over and over again, and you should be moving on to some other uh, wonderful principles that God wants to apply in your life every single day. But I'm telling you, it's not until you get in a game of servitude that the principle of prayer becomes real. Because you cannot serve God and others without getting on your knees and saying, you cannot, listen, listen, you cannot embrace the long-term principle that in your weakness you are strong without serving. Because serving will always expose your weakness. So you can sit at home and never serve and think you are all right. You can sit at home and never engage in the church and think you are okay. You can sit at home and have a friend of one and say, oh, no, all I need is God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, and have no other friends around you, right, that you can work alongside, disagree with, agree with, disagree with, disagree with, disagree with, agree with. That will ultimately help build you. 
and make you more like Jesus and cause you to realize how much you need him all the more. If you're by yourself, if you're not engaged in the local church, if you're not engaged in the church at all, the reality will be you're going to think you don't need him because you think you're okay. Serving should build you up, never send you backwards. So when you're serving and you feel like you're moving backwards, it's not the act of serving. It's the servant who's having, who's having issues. If you serve and you find yourself going backwards and getting frustrated and say, well, I, it's better sitting at home than, no, 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 it's not the act of serving it's the servant who's got issues that need to be dealt with. If you serve, you butt heads with someone, and then you find yourself bailing out, no. That person, too, may have issues, because we all do. Okay, we all do, for the record. But, but what is inevitable is you will butt heads so that God can change your head and the way you think and the way you process things and the way you treat other people, the way you think of other people. And the human nature is, let me back away. Well, and, and you know, let me, you know, when the kids grow up, when this change and, and that change and okay, well, you know, I have more time and then, you know, when I get, when I get everything in order, and then, you know, I'll, I'll be more emotionally stable, physically stable. I won't be as tired, you know, because I'm working long hours. And, and then and we, well, you know, I'm, I'm so active with the kids. And, well, you know, my husband does all, the, you know, always away. Then I don't have time. You know, or my wife works so hard. And then I got to keep the home. And That's everybody's story. But if you don't find a way to serve, you will go backwards. Or you could say it this way, you'll stay in neutral. And if you've ever driven a car up a hill and put it in neutral, what happens to the car? Serving matures you. Serving keeps building us. Lastly, or the, the final benefit I'll give you today is found in verses 4 through 6. Serving protects us. It says, For in the case of those who have once been enlightened and have tasted of the heavenly gift and have been made partakers of the Holy Spirit and have tasted the good work of God and the powers of the age to come, and then have fallen away, it is impossible to renew them again to repentance since they again crucified to themselves the Son of God and put him to open shame. Servant protects you. And then this is, this is what happens. I disengage. kind of go, I stay in neutral, 
I go backwards. And then you know what I have to do? Just kind of like reboot it all. Okay, well, Jesus, do you really love me? Did, did, now you sit down with people. Well, you know, I don't know if God loves me. I don't know if I'm saved or not. I don't know if, you know, uh, can you really kind of explain to me, you know, this this whole principle thing about salvation? Well, you know, I really know. How is, how is God Christ and Christ God? And uh, can you? And you just start going crazy. It's like Christian now. And I see it happen so many times to people who just disengage and stop serving. It's like, well, well, I don't know if I really believe that anymore. It happens to everybody. Because you cut a hand off, you sit it on this podium, it's still my hand. But what's happening to that hand? It's dying still belongs to me but it's decaying and so many Christians live that way serving protects us there's, there's about six key words I want to run through and help you to help you bring clarity to these verses 4 through 6 in verse 4 you find three key words enlightened it is to enlighten spiritually endued with the saving knowledge so think about this. So if I have been, it says, been enlightened and have tasted the heavenly gift. If I have been spiritually enlightened, if I have, have this saving knowledge, I can't do what? Fall away. The word tasted, mentioned twice, means this. To try the flavor and to enjoy. True enjoyment of, in Christ goes well beyond, okay, I'm saved. Oh, I'm saved. I'm set free. I'm going to heaven. So many Christians are missing the enjoyment that's found in Christ. And there is no greater joy than to serve others. Heavenly means of heaven origin so think about this if you've been enlightened and tasted enjoyed of this heavenly origin gift you can't fall away and there's nothing heavenly there's no heavenly origin just doing what you want to do whenever you want to do it the heavenly origin that God has put together on this earth is through the body of Christ. And that's why you can have Christians who are very, very successful in the world and they're still feel empty. The good word. If you have tasted the good word, it means the excellent, imminent, choice, surpassing, precious, useful, suitable word of God. And again, this is so important. What servitude helps you do is somehow begin to see the word of God lived out in such an excellent, imminent, choice, surpassing, precious 
useful, suitable way. It's like, man, that's what I read. That's what I see. That's what I see. That's what I read. And you don't get that unless you're fully engaged in servitude. The word powers means this. Power for performing miracles, moral power, excellence of soul, power consisting in or resting upon armies, forces, and hosts. Supernatural power, you can say in summary. So think about this again. Verse 5, have tasted the good word of God and the powers. And can I say to you today, you will not see the accessible dunamis power of God, of the Holy Spirit, unless you're doing something that he wants you to do. You're not going to see him show up in a marvelous way. You're not going to see him uh, show up in a way that he sends his forces and his army to rescue you and go before you unless you're fully engaged in servitude. It's a waste of God's resources, if you would. That you're just on your own agenda, doing your own thing, right, exercising your own principles, your own game plan, your own family life and all this stuff, and is excluded from the works of God. And God is for family. But it's something about, I'm telling you, you see families that are fully engaged in the body of Christ, serving in the body of Christ as a family, they in, in undoubtedly see the power of God manifested in their family as well. You cannot raise a family, listen, a biological family disconnected from the family of God and think you're going to raise and develop a healthy family. It doesn't work that way. Because what you will find out in the family of God is this. There will be people who will be such an ally for you in the life of your children if you're fully engaged in the body. There will be people who can speak into your children's life when their children aren't listening to you. But if you are not serving and engaged in the lives of others, there's no resource. There's no, there's no power of God that is useful and excellent and, and resting upon other people that can be ac accessed to your, you know, your needs. Just the way God works. So many times we want to see God's power. God, show me your power while I'm sitting at home doing my own little thing in my own little world for my own little benefit in my own little kingdom. And this is, this is the deceptive part of this. When you come to know Jesus Christ, just coming to know Jesus Christ is powerful enough. You follow what I'm saying? That you have been rescued out of darkness and you're in the marvelous light. And that in itself is like, oh, you know, it's breathtaking. But remember what we said from the beginning in verse, verse 9. It says, but beloved, we are convinced of better things concerning you. So many Christians are not receiving a better things. It's better than what it was, but is it better than what it should be? 
or as better as it should be. It's all connected to serving. Here's the key word in verse six. Uh, verse six, it says, fall away. To deviate from the right path, turn aside, wander to error, to fall away from the true faith, from worship of Jehovah God. So can you just pause a minute and say, wow, does any of that ever happen to me? Deviate from the right path, turn aside, wander, err, fall away from the true faith, from worship of God. Do you have seasons of those, moments of those? Chances are you've not fully engaged. If you're being drawn to the things of this world and it's like, man, why do I keep struggling? Why, 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 why is this such a pull? Why is this such a pull? You have to back up and say, well, I have X amount of time. Where am I spending most of this time? Can I let you in on a secret? We're all like really bad people deep down in the inside. Like really, 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 really bad people. Some of us are just, you know, can't control the badness like others. But all of us are like really bad people on the inside. If we can get rid, if we can get away with the bad stuff we really want to do on the inside, we'll do the bad stuff. So we're bad enough to continue to just kind of dwell in, in certain environments thinking like it's not going to affect us. Rather than saying, I have limited time. How do I allocate more of this limited time in serving? And I, I want to just say this to you as well. What I've learned, over, just to give you some freedom and not guilt you into serving, is that there are some scenarios that some people are just doing too much of other stuff that you need to stop doing other stuff. Like, let me be honest with you. There's some parents that you need to stop enrolling your children in everything that moves. And you not need to stop living vicariously through your children. Well, you know, I didn't, I wasn't able to do this, so I'm, they're gonna, I'm gonna make sure they do it. I wasn't able to do this, so I'm gonna make sure they do this. Well, I think they should do this. Well, I think they should do this. Oh, I'm just trying to give them more and more options. And the greatest option you're giving them is live life without God. That's what you're showing them, ultimately. Ultimately, that's what you're showing them, is that you can find more enjoyment outside of him doing other stuff to preoccupy you than putting him first. So that some people just need to get their bearings straight and say, you know what, I am just mis misappropriating God's time, period. They need to check their hearts. But then there's another group of people, I think, that intentionally, they not, not unintentionally, they're just busy, you know, work, life, children, and that's cool. But I believe this group of people is seasonal. In other words, when the children grow to one age, time changes. When they grow to another age, time changes. When they grow to another age, time changes. But then that first group of people are these groups of people that I've seen historically 
are parents who have children who have no voice, but they give the, the child a voice before they should have a voice. In other words, you weren't born for me to follow you, but you were born for you to follow me. My world doesn't revolve around you. You must learn to be incorporated into my world. And the ruler of my world is the king of kings and the lord of lords. So come join my world. And when that begins to happen, I believe there begins to be a shift in, okay, what time is really more important than other times, right? And then you'll be able to sort through that, and then through the, the Spirit's leading, you know what to say no to, what to say yes to, what to say no to, what to say yes to, what will hinder, what will help, right? And then in, the, in that group as well, you also find this, I think, is that, that I need to just realize in my current condition that probably legitimately cannot be altered as I reevaluate re my life. What can I give God in servitude in my current state and be faithful in that? And to me, that's one of the biggest pull of people is that, okay, I get it. You got to work. Matter of fact, I get it. You got to work overtime, double time, et cetera, to, to maybe pay some bills that you got to pay all, college debt, all that stuff. I get all the reality of that. But one still must drill down and say, what can I give God now? Not when I finish, now. He doesn't give us op option of servitude for when, okay, well, you know, um, I'm, not, I'm older now, so I'm not as active as I used to, so I can't serve at all. Well, you know, I can't drive, so I can't serve. No, 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 no. It's, God, show me in this current state that I'm in, how does serving look for me? How does it look for my family? Put a pin in it and say, okay, God, we're going to do this today from this point on with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength until something changes again because that's what happens in life. It changes, then you recalibrate it, put another pin in it. Changes again. You seek the Lord, recalibrate it, put a pen in it. That's how I personally have seen. Even my wife, Lisa, who was the primary, you know, keeper of the home because she was a home care, you know, she stayed at home to care for the home and support me and, you know, business career and ministry and stuff like that. So she, most of the time, was with the children and so forth and so on. But at the end of the day, as things change, I need to say, okay, well, then what can I change in my life to free time up so I could take the kids so she can go what? Serve. Now that the kids are old and grown, grown doesn't mean issues go away, but they change, right? And at the end of the day, now, where I go, chances are 99% of the time, she can come with me. You follow what I'm saying? So it's going to change over time, but in your current state, 
you must put a pin in, what can I do now for God in my current condition? And God, give me the grace, give me the power through your Holy Spirit to do it with all of my heart, soul, mind, and strength, and do it well. And believe it or not, it's for my benefit. It will protect you. Serving helps us experience the power of the Holy Spirit. And it protects us from falling away. Next week, Pastor Ken will give you the final two points. But let me end with this. James chapter 2, verses 14 through 17 is something you've probably all heard. It says, what use is it, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but has no works? Can that faith save him? If a brother or sister is without clothing and in need of daily food, and one of you say to them, go in peace, be worn, be filled, and yet do not give them what is necessary for their body, what use is it? Even so, faith, if it has no works, is dead. Listen to what it says. Being by itself. So today, you can say you have faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and you love him with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, but if you're not working for him, what use is your faith? This word use means advantage and profit. Our faith with works gives us an advantage. And some of you today, or if I take statistically, 10, 20 people do and 90, 80% of the work, most of you are not taking advantage of what could be taken advantage of by serving. But then it also says it's dead. You can have faith, don't have works. Your faith is what? Dead. The word dead means lifeless. But guess what it also means? Destitute of power. And so many of you today are walking around as Christians without power. But I get it. It's work. You got to work. For the record, though, for the first nine years of this church, I was bivocational. Some of you never knew that after every service, my bags would be packed in my car. I would feed my family, sit down with them, talk. And I would be on a plane traveling somewhere within 33 states and three time zones. Some of you never knew that I would arrive back on a plane, and this is when we had corporate Bible study on Thursday nights. Sometimes I would arrive on Thursday, come right from the airport, 
and I'm here at Bible study. But I say that for the record. You know why? It's because you're without excuse. I literally don't care. I don't believe God cares how busy you are. I know how you feel. I know how it feels to look your wife in the eye and your kids in the eye and manage through all that stuff. But one thing I do know is when I got ahead of it all and I love my wife and love my children and got ahead of it, you follow me? And being able to be with them and be the only dad, the only dad on field trips. That's a cool thing just to let you know for the record. To be the only dad on the field trip. When all the boys are like the Pied Piper, they just follow me around. That even some of them today as adults, they remember that. So this managing is a balance of it all. You got to get out in front of your family. You got to get out in front of your family so you don't fail God. God's about family. He's about marriage. He hates divorce, just for the record. So he's about family. That's why we call the family of God. But he also is about serving because you know why? He sent his only son to die for you and for me, which is the ultimate act of servitude. How can you die today for him? What in your life needs to die to make time and make room to serve a God who has served you faithfully. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for your faithfulness. Thank you for faithfully serving me, us, Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that you will speak to your people's hearts on how they need to reconfigure, how they need to collaborate with their family and spouses and collaborate with you, Holy Spirit. And say, what can I do to be engaged, stay engaged, re-engage in servitude through my church? What can I do? Speak to your people, I pray. Listen, the altar is open. If God has spoken to you today, can you just come forward and lay it at the altar if you want to write it on the prayer walls? Um, there will be some, Mark and others, and, and uh, Chuck, and uh, can you come forward, whoever are available to pray? for those who need prayer. But can we, can we be a church, a people that 100% of the people would do 100% of the work? I believe we can because it is written that God has placed each one of us in the body as he wills for the manifestation of his spirit for the common good. 
So Spirit of God, speak, please speak to us. Thank you for listening to Commitment to Truth, the outreach ministry of Commitment Community Church. If you would like to learn more about Jesus Christ, please visit our website, www.commitmentchurch.org forward slash start. This website will walk you through having a personal relationship with God through Jesus Christ. Please let us know if you made a decision to follow Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, or if you would like to support God's word through this ministry, please visit our website at www.commitmentchurch.org. Lastly, if you or your family are in the South Jersey or Philly metro area, please visit us at Commitment Community Church.